0: Before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to remind you that my short story is available for free at johntilton.com. If you sign up for my newsletter, I'll send you both the ebook and audiobook of Doomed Dune. In this middle-grade adventure, a girl named Melina travels to a forbidden landmark guarded by tyrannical robots, but her life turns upside down when she discovers a true reason it's off-limits. Discover Doom Dune's secret by heading over to johntilton.com. That's J-O-N-T-I-L-T-O-N dot com. Thanks again, and I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to Cause of Craft. I'm your host, John Tilton. Why do we create? Where do our ideas come from? What does our craft say about us? These are the ideas we explore here on the show. Each episode, I interview a different guest, from writers and painters to musicians and filmmakers. Together, we investigate the creative process and the reasons behind why we create. What's the secret to staying relevant in a world that's always changing? This is one of the many things I had the chance to discuss with Rudy Manning, the Chief Creative Officer at Pastilla. Rudy shares with us advice from his own personal journey from studying graphic design to creating campaigns for a wide variety of clients. Also, a reminder that if you like this podcast, the best way to help it grow is to share with a friend. And I've heard if you share with two friends, your dog will do a backflip for you. But that might just be an urban legend. In any case, I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to the show, Rudy. Thank you, John. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you on. Uh, Could you tell us a little bit about what you do at your company? I'm the
1: founder of Pastilla. I I have a partner now, so essentially kind of a co-founder as well. We both merged our companies a couple of years together. But uh, I own a uh, a digital agency that's been around for maybe the past 17 years um, here in the area of Pasadena. As a chief creative officer, basically it's my role to lead the creative vision, not only of just the direction of the company, but all the projects as well. Um, Everything that is concept, creative, design led, that is my goal and initiative. Yes.
0: So you have a big leadership role here now. Taking the clock back a little bit, where did you get started in all these creative things? What was the first thing that brought you to the creative space?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And I actually teach at Art Center. I've been teaching there for seven years, and I ask a lot of my students that the first time because I think it's a very interesting to hear where people come from design because it sort of shapes their perspective. But for, for me, my, my father got me and my brother into art when we were little, and, and my mother as well. We were always drawing all the time as a kid, and that sort of stayed with us. When I was in high school, I was painting a lot, and I didn't really know what in art I wanted to do. And uh, back in 1992, so I'm kind of dating myself now, but uh, was graduating high school, and I, I spoke with a friend of mine who had been who had graduated, and he had gone to PCC and studied something called graphic design. And he had he actually was in my high school art class too. And I was like, "Well, what's that? Like, I've never heard of." graphic design as something and he's like yeah it's like doing things for mtv like doing art for mtv or something like that he said and sort of a light bulb just kind of went into my head like wait i can do art and design and get it on tv and actually have people see it and so that always sort of that stuck with me and so when i graduated i was looking for schools that had graphic design. And back then, 1992, graphic design wasn't a term that a lot of people even still really knew. Um, A lot of schools had like advertising or commercial art or things like that. And I found a school, Cal Poly, that had the term graphic design, (laughs) was local um, to where, where not too far from where I lived. And so I applied there. And that was sort of my first jump into graphic design and seeing and learning what it was about. And I, I struggled a little bit in graphic design in the beginning. I was um, I didn't know how to connect my fine art capabilities into like a more commercial sensibility, and I had a tough time translating that. But uh, I ended up taking a night class at Art Center. Somebody had recommended me taking you know class there, and it was a at that point it's one of the top design schools in the world, and it's like there's no way like if I'm if I'm kind of like not figuring out my design capabilities here at Cal Poly. I'm not gonna be able to figure it out at Art Center. But, you know, I ended up just taking a class. There was something about the perspective back then at Art Center that I had in in the my first day of class we or first day we presented ideas that tapped a little bit more into my or into my artistic capabilities rather than like my technical capabilities. And so it connected me and I literally at that moment that first day We presented those ideas. I just fell in love with graphic design, really fell in love with it, and ended up transferring, going to Art Center, and studying graphic design. And I I would say that that was sort of like my first thrust to getting me to where I am now.
0: So you speak of the connection between fine art and graphic design in this class that you had. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what it was that was a new connection that you were discovering in that moment?
1: A lot of it. I felt like at Cal Poly, when I was going to school there, it was very much about the technical capabilities, not just the computer. The computer was still very new and, and I loved computers, but it was something about the craftsmanship that I think I hadn't developed at 18 years old yet and developed that sensibility. It was frustrating for me because I was feeling like I wasn't um, living up to my the expectations, but I had... I had good ideas and, and I it was kind of see it at our, at Cal Poly. And, but it just, it was a little different, especially in the first two years that I went there. And then at art center, the ideas and your, your concepts is what sort of was celebrated. Um, and the craftsmanship ended up coming throughout the years. And, um, but my ideas and my design sensibilities, my natural artistic sensibilities were what was celebrated. And it gave me the confidence that I needed at uh, you know being 19, 20 years old to continue pushing you know and, and feeling that I had a that I had a a future in this career
0: So you talk about improving and getting better over the years was that just a time you're putting into practice or a maturity of you as a person? what do you think went into how you evolved as a as a creative?
1: I think it was a it was a combination of things. I think one was maturity I think it was age. And I know it absolutely now because I've been teaching for seven years, and now Art Center has um, the the skit. The students are a little bit younger than when I was going to school. A lot of the students were a little older. They were most of them were transfer students or people who are coming back for a second career, and so like it, it kind of gave Art Center that level of expectation of the students because we there were a lot of them were more mature, and so I see students now that are younger and see students now that are older and you have to be more patient with the younger because they haven't gotten there. And they and I've seen the progression through the times I've been teaching with some students in the beginning towards the end. I find that it was the same thing for me. It was a combination of the environment and the teaching style at Cal Poly. It was probably also my age. And then also at Art Center, they pushed you very hard in concept. And it was something that I was naturally good at. And I did it a lot. And it was something that, you know, you fall in love with something, you're kind of, in a sense, addicted. You know, you wanna design all the time and you wanna push every single project as much as you can. And the environment at Art Center also during that time was was great and still is, where the level of quality of work in the students all are passionate about art and design, every single being, whether it's photography, design, fine art, illustration, transportation, design. And so you're around it everywhere and you get influenced by everything. So you're kind of in this like culture and it just drives you more and more to get better and get better and get better.
0: And when you're teaching your students today, is there something that you're trying to instill in them? Uh, I guess you're here, you're talking about passion and things like this, and I'm sure that's part of your teaching. But when people are just starting out and just starting to learn, what are those first steps that you try to instill in them to have a good career path?
1: Yeah. So I teach uh, branding is my specific class and I've taught into diff- different classes, but my real focus as a, as a designer is, is branding and probably more on the visual identity side, if I had to be more specific. Um, so in my class is branding. And in general, we talk, You know, branding covers a lot of different elements of graphic design, so when they are in my class, they're already pretty sold that this is gonna be their path. So they're already more than halfway through. It's extremely you know challenging and they put in tons of hours up to that point. They're, it's rare for them not to continue. So it's more about finding what they need to do as a graphic designer in this day and age to be able to be relevant in the like now and in the future as a graphic designer as design thinkers talk a lot about a, a lot about that that it's not just about the craft of design that it is about the thinking it is about the influence of design in culture in products in life and how design thinking can influence business can influence action And when you work in branding, at least in my class, I try to give them a glimpse of that path, that direction as a graphic designer, if they've thought before of, okay, I want to be a graphic designer as doing logos. Um, And they've probably at that point already heard that it's more than that, obviously. But I continue to push that thought further into letting them know that designers have a big place in the world as creatives, as thinkers, not just as crafters. And that's a really important part of the path that I talk about in the class, especially for their careers, because I want them to be relevant, right? And there's a lot of graphic designers now. It's not like how it was when I was graduating. So they have to find their place so that they um, find the jobs that they're looking for and that they're passionate about and find a career uh be able to build a career that is fulfilling to them.
0: Staying relevant is I think that's a concern for everyone in every kind of creative industry because things seem to change so fast with social media. Yeah. And people are talking about the AR and VR some of the VR stuff is already happening, but the future of what that looks like and you know, there's just so many changes and things to adapt to. Are there certain keys that have stayed the same? Are there grounding principles, I guess? between how things were when you first started getting into graphic design, first started in the industry, and how things are today, and therefore how you predict things might be in the future?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think one huge grounding principle is is, uh, staying curious, um, staying open. You know, I think those are really, really fundamental, because you probably have some designers out there 40, 50 years into their career that probably are still thinking the way they did back then. And, and I have kind of come across certain situations. I've learned from that and realized, like, I don't want to do that. I want to continue staying relevant. And that's one of the big reasons that I teach is so that I can stay connected to what's happening, um, you know, culturally in the in the time, especially as a creative I think it's really important as designers for us to be aware of the cultural norm that, you know, and the transitions that are happening each generation. And so that curiosity is really important because it's what drives your continued knowledge of what is now and will have you not only just listening in conversations that are probably You know, you have another generation in it, but you also are involved in the conversation and helping shape it as somebody who is, you know, maybe of an older generation. That is absolutely crucial for you to have a long career because it's what will always sustain every generation to come.
0: Do you think you've always been a curious person or is this something that you've kind of learned to adapt to a constantly changing world?
1: You know, I've always been a really curious person. It's one of the things that drives me to be a graphic designer and to have the type of company that I have right now. You know, we don't focus on any particular industry. We're always on the edges of learning something new and different. That uncomfortable edge that you have when you're, you know, what you don't know and you have to get there. And then being able to utilize that curiosity to find new ways to solve things is really important. So I, that's definitely always been part of who we are, myself and the company, not being afraid of unknown territories. That's been innate in me since I was a little kid. I think, I don't know if it's just my personality, I was wired that way or certain environmental circumstances. I was born in Panama and immigrated here with my parents. It's like seven years old, learned to speak English, basically, you know, second grade and As I was learning, my father got shipped to Germany, and now I'm learning German and English in another country while speaking Spanish at home and lived there for close to four years. And so I've been comfortable with the uncomfortable all the time. It's kind of been part of me as a little kid and been in those rooms and in those environments where I didn't know anything around me, so I had to figure it out. And I think that part of that shaped me and I think is... of the reasons I have the perspective that I have now um, and I think it's one of the things that has like sustained my career and our company and as graphic designers you're always having to learn something new I mean you have a new client like I was saying a new industry you have to look at it with fresh eyes you have to be able to ask the right questions and learn about something like oxygen substitute and the next day you're learning about parks and how that works in government and Another time you're working on on something having to do with a new generation of Gen Z and how they're editing video. And you're just constantly having to learn these new things to be able to help your clients be able to communicate this. And it's just really, it's a really crucial part to being a creative.
0: So you mentioned asking questions when a client's coming to you, are there recurring first questions that you ask or is it different between who it is?
1: It's different between who it is.
0: If anything,
1: if there is a format, it's more of listening as much as we can. Sometimes we have to you know, explain who we are and so forth, depending on where you're at with the client. But when it gets to the actual work, the most important thing you can do in the beginning is just listen. As a curious person, you have to be absolutely glued to every word that a client's saying in the beginning, because that's what's going to get you to hopefully put the pieces of the puzzle together later on. So every little thing that they say in the beginning is gold. And um, you have to be able to take you know, note and be able to connect the dots later on. And listening, if anything, is the most crucial thing. I mean, the best questions come because you've listened. Based off that, then that's when we come with the client with you a know, specific set of questions based on whatever their conversation is or whatever their challenges are and so forth.
0: One thing I noticed when I was going through just the different projects on your website that you've been involved with is, and I guess this kind of links to things we've been talking about earlier, you work on not just maybe a branding video, but you also have the website and social media things. And it really feels like it's everything combined. Is that something that you chose to specialize in? Or was that something that was always a demand by the clients that they they wanted to be present in all these different aspects of how people see their content.
1: It's a great question and, and very very observant because I I think it's it's something that is um it's really important to to our agency and it's it's the thing that I that I feel has shaped us whether the clients know it or not it's the reason they come to us and over the past seventeen years you know that's the one thread so. Just to kind of back up a little bit, in the beginning of Pastilla, we, this is like 2004, we saw ourselves as, as a creative studio, right? Like, I, I didn't think about specializing or doing this. And it was just more like I was always curious in all different elements of graphic design. I didn't want to focus on just branding or just motion or interactive or, you know, UI, whatever it is. But over the years, it was really difficult because I started feeling like and not being mature enough to understand the bigger vision cuz you're kind of like and when you're starting out your company you're working like day to day on what's coming and what's you know what's the day and then what's coming up what's the day what's coming up you know it's really hard to think about the big picture especially looking back and seeing like okay this is who we are this is what we are and throughout the years there was those moments where I stopped and looked back But it was hard to connect the dots in terms of like, how do we differentiate differentiate ourselves from other agencies? What is it that people are coming us to? And so I would kind of say like, oh, we kind of do a little bit of everything. So I'm like, is that something? Is that full service? Like, does that make us not, not an expert and so forth? And I would say about seven years ago, about 10 years into the company is when I started just saying... Everything that we do comes from a branding mindset, whether we start the project right from the beginning where we're doing the strategy and the naming and the identity, and then all the applications, or whether we're coming at it from, look, here's a UX UI for SAP and uh, NFL. They're partnering and you need this thing for the NFL. And this is like this great app. You're still looking at it from a branding mindset of, okay, We have two brands, SAP, we have the 49ers, we have the NFL. How do we bring it together? How do we unbrand it? How do we we have the visuals sort of all connect? There's always that little bit of thinking is that is what ultimately helps us stand out, but also has made us be successful. I started talking about ourselves as a branding company, a brand shaping company. And the reason that was is because that experience that we had garnered the past 10 years, being able to do those different projects, like you like you mentioned, helps a client come to us and not only just look at the brand from the identity point of view, but also what applications and what things does that brand need to be able to be successful. And we know how to not only think about those things, but also build them, whether it's a website, whether it's an app, whether it's some kind of digital media or, or exhibit, we know how to think through those things because we've done them in silos. And so when a company comes to us and we we are building their brand, we also understand what things they need to prioritize to be able to communicate their brand to the audience. It's not only helped our clients, but also helped our business because it helps the longevity of the projects, it helps us understand and deliver value. We don't just finished the identity and sort of pass it on. We finish it and then we help the client continue to build those assets as much as possible. So everything.
0: So your company, Pastilla, where does that name come from? (laughs) Yeah. So Pastilla,
1: so in in Spanish, Pastilla, especially in Panama, you, you kind of say it for two things, pill, which is like a kind of like an antidote, which I loved. And also like candy, um, which is like a sweet candy. So like the sweet antidote. And I, we, we don't, we used to like push that idea as part as part of our identity system where you kind of like let it go a little bit. But yeah, so that's that's kind of what, what ended up uh, turning out to. And back when I started, I remember just brainstorming with my mother and she had said pastilla and I connected the dots there. And I'm like, I like the way that sounds. And so we stuck with it.
0: Way back at the beginning of this conversation, you mentioned your interest in the fine arts and that kind of connected you to this start in graphic design. Do you find yourself, uh, whether it be creating or you know, going to a museum to appreciate the fine arts, do you find yourself going back to that often?
1: I do. And I, I wish I had more time to do that more. But I can already see that uh, things are pulling me more and more in that direction, back to I guess how it started, um, in lots of different ways. I think just naturally, uh, not only you know the have I gone and visited museums, just naturally when I do. And again, I wish I I did it more. But um, also, I am now on the board of a company called Art Division. It's a nonprofit in Macarthur Park. It's a small art school that focuses on kids who don't have the opportunity to learn the arts, to get like high-level fine art education. And it's primarily focused in the area, helping kids there, but there's kids from all over the place that come. And um, really professional artists give really amazing classes in painting, drawing, photography, there's film. And it's put put together, it's founded by an amazing man named Dan McCleary, and um, I joined the board last year, became board president as of like a couple months ago. And it's amazing to see how um, how how many lives have been changed by just giving these kids the opportunity to foster their talent and to uh, be able to connect the dots and this talent that they have to be able to have a career um, in the arts. The program is primarily kids over eighteen. The average. Age is 20, 22. So a lot of the kids they've kind of graduated high school and they've kind of had this talent and they come across art division. And they say, oh wow, you know, and they're now they're in this circle of other students that are also wanting to study art, study, you know, uh, photography or whatever it may be, and are seeing these kids go to colleges, get accepted to USC. UC Davis, uh, uh one or two students go to Yale. It gives them gives them hope, gives them some direction. Because you know, after high school, sometimes every couple of years, you're kind of a little bit lost, especially if you didn't have the right kind of framework to go directly to college or, 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 or money to study art. And most of the time, these kids don't really even know that they can make an actual career in in the fine arts. And so I'm kind of now around all these fine artists, and amazing fine artists, all the time, and um, from museum curators to People in in the arts and nonprofit arts world, so it's amazing. So this is very new. So I'm already kind of seeing myself sort of in this space and getting re influenced by some of the amazing people that we've been speaking with. So and and students.
0: And for anyone who's coming to the arts, clearly you and I think it's important. You know, you're involved with all these things, and I do a podcast talking to artists of every different field that I can find. What do you personally feel is so important about studying the arts or being involved with the arts?
1: There's certain mindsets. There's certain people who have a different way of thinking, right? You have, I guess, lateral thinkers or linear thinkers, and you have people that are a little more bilateral. And we have to have that diversity of thinking, number one. And that type of thinking that isn't the more sort of, I guess you would call it more of an engineering linear thinking um mindset um needs the bilateral thinking to be able to find new ways to find new ways to solve problems find new ways to uh uh, find new ideas find new ways to push things forward and that that challenge we need that balance and artists are by far have that perspective they are the ones who are brave enough to see a white piece of paper, a white canvas, and without knowing where they're going to go, to take a brush and, a, and, and, and paint and put a stroke and then let that guide them. And I think that is something that not a lot of people are comfortable doing. And that mindset gives confidence and gives place to a certain mindset. So, and, I, and I'm trying to speak for broadly because this isn't just an actual fine artist, but there's actually people who are doing other things in the world that are not fine art, but that have this kind of mindset that have been in design and art that have found themselves in other careers, but that naturally have that way of thinking. And I think art gives you that um, inspiration and that beginning. Rest of that kind of mindset to be brave and bold about taking a white piece of paper and going into the unknown and just going and not having the plan all worked out in front of you. And sometimes whatever ends up coming about from that fine artist might be you and might be very different than somebody who has a different mindset that has the path and the plan and connects all the dots exactly the way somebody is expecting them to do. So, it's like a canvas or a world that lets this type of mindset, these type of thinkers be able to build their confidence whether they become fine artists or not. They might even become engineers. I have no idea, but I know it's it's that th- that space and art from as a little kid, we all have that ability to do that and at some point it sort of like disconnects and we sort of get scared with a white piece of paper. we uncomfortable with what we're going to have. We're going to get judged. We're going to get, you know, whatever it is. But the people who don't, they definitely have a different personality that feel that it's okay not to know the answers and to keep pushing forward. And that's why you have some amazing ideas sometimes that come out.
0: Yeah. And I appreciate how you connect that to other fields too. You know, it's not like, I know you mentioned before your students are pretty far in a particular career path, but even if they were to graduate and then decide to do something different, really, they can take what they're learning in your class or uh, these kids that you mentioned at art division, you know, maybe they don't go end up to pursue an art career, but they've had this experience and then they can apply it to what they're what they're doing. Uh, one thing I always think is sad is the specialization for people is, it seems like it's coming up younger and younger or pushing back younger and younger to specialize people and set them on a certain path. When, like you said, there's so many people who just think a different way or need to explore a different part of them. And that's something that ends up being very valuable to society. So having arts programs, you know, as far back as, you know, preschool, elementary school, but then continuing that through high school and college, no matter if someone's pursuing an art path long-term, I think it's something that's super valuable, even if they, you know, or doing something that's more of a nine to five desk job. I think having that background is an advantage to them.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: We talked about the reasons why people might go to your school and learn, pursue an art career, but also attending this art division organization that you have. But I guess going back to you personally, what keeps you interested in working with clients every day? Why do you like to stay in this field and push yourself and continue to work in it?
1: Oh wow, it's a, it's a it's a good question. I think um, you know, I I don't think I've ever been asked that one. That's it's really good. Um, why? So I love as an artist, right? Going back to being the core of what a designer is, which we are creators, we are makers, right? We start with nothing. I love seeing that visual of an output at the end. That gives me so much fulfillment to see something that started with nothing, zero, um, a blank piece of paper, a seed of a thought, and going through that process all the way to seeing it be finished and fulfilled. Um, You know, and, and, you know, the Play LA project that we just did. It was was amazing for us to see the launch event and see a thousand people there that this city was announcing this program to the entire city of LA, that this was here and the excitement around it, all the the signs and everything about it that we helped shape this. And all it was was just a little bit of a seed of an idea. And that we are part of that, and seeing people um, react to it, that gives me a lot of fulfillment. And that's more on the on the emotional side. That project was actually has like I guess you can call it like in a sense a social impact project, but also on the consumer side. I I, I love working working in the private sector, and you know when we worked on the Surface campaign was completely you know mind blowing, amazing to be at the beginning where we didn't even know when we were pitching for the Microsoft Surface campaign, the world didn't know what Surface tablet was. I don't even know if they had a tablet that disconnected from the keyboard, right? That was like the first one. And when we were asked to pitch, we didn't even know really what it product really was. And we just had a little bit of a brief and we pitched we pitched an idea and We were the chosen agency to create the entire creative campaign for the entire world for Surface, you know, and that came from nothing, you know, and then eventually four or five months later, going to Times Square and seeing this huge billboard that you designed and, you know, seeing the commercials on TV and seeing everything, especially in the physical space. And um, and seeing people use the tablet, and you're just kind of like, yeah, I was I was a part of that. That gives me a lot of fulfillment. Um, so big projects and smaller projects, I think, have always been. Um, it, it doesn't matter. It's it's the that seeing people interact with something that you've created. I think for me as an artist is 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 what gives me satisfaction.
0: You've talked about this first step a lot, you know, making that first stroke on a blank canvas. And I know a lot of people who listen to the show are, we have a wide variety of people who are just starting out creative and people who have been doing it for a long time. I'm thinking specifically about the people who are just starting out. What kind of advice would you give them to have that confidence to take a first step when an entire project can seem overwhelming? The easy
1: answer is you know, just, just to do it. But it's not, it's, I can say that, but it doesn't happen. I think you have to get into a mindset. You have to understand whatever idea it is that you have, whatever it is you're, you're starting or thinking of that. You can't think about the end product. You can't go too deep about thinking of all the steps that are going to happen that could happen. You cannot think about how this is going to be perceived. You have to get out of that mindset of the final product when you first start that little step, because the moment you do, it becomes too overwhelming. And there's two things. One is your fear, fear of making a mistake and not looking like making a bad move period like I'm going to do something wrong. So that is ultimately you're already thinking about the end product. So you need to remove that complete that thought completely out of your mind. Second part is you need to stop thinking of how hard it's going to be or what are the steps or what are the things that are, I need to do eventually to get this finished. That's the other thing as well. Those two things are are crucial to start training your mind and, and in it, and it isn't something that just like I think happens it's something that you have to kind of get used to. You have to have that um, and, and and acknowledge that it is difficult sometimes. And in time, it'll get easier. And what happens to artists is that they become braver. They become more confident. And the more you take that first step, the more you take that first step without knowing where you're going to go. And you have the track history of success or the track history of it's going to be okay. The easier it is, you know, that's why you have like startup founders, you know, they start one company and they're like, they can't wait to start another one because they want that rush. They know I I can assure you that first one was not the easiest, but the second and third company, it's probably a lot, lot easier to start because they have not only just the confidence that it can happen, that's obvious, but they know that that first step is not the end of the world. And they probably took a bunch of wrong steps at that time, but they they know that eventually something's gonna click. And I think with an artist, it's the same thing. You eventually know that you're not judged by that first mark that you make on your on that piece of paper. Some of the most creative people that I've worked with in the past come up with the craziest, dumbest ideas that are ridiculous. You just like and and they don't care. They have no filter. And I've learned from that, you know, because I've got like God, it's like this guy has done some amazing stuff. But the ideas that he says are like, you know, just like riffing off. It's just like he can't wait to come out to just why? It's because he doesn't, he just needs to get him out. He needs to get him out because he needs to find that one that works. And eventually he knows that it's going to work and he's got that confidence to do that. But all we're hearing is like, what you really thought you like, why in the world? Right. Because we're not thinking through him. But, you know, it's the same thing, like putting down a mark on a piece of paper. It's the same thing, like voicing an idea. It's like you're scared to say that idea because you think it's going to be judged. I'm scared to put that mark down on a piece of paper because I'm scared of what the idea, like how that's going to look or how that's going to come across. And uh, you just get braver. You get braver over time. I mean, I know I have definitely gotten to that point, you know, and continue to, you develop that. But, uh, you know, I see it in my students, you know, I see it in in our designers at our agencies. They mature, as they get mature, they get more bolder and so forth. Some people have it more naturally. Some people, it's, it's a little harder. So it's a spectrum, but Yes.
0: Well, great. I think that's extremely helpful advice. I know I can relate to that through my own creative process. And I think that people will really benefit from following that. Um, and I think that's a great place to end on. So on the Cause of Craft Instagram and on my website, I'll be sharing links to your work so people can see it. But what are the best ways for people to connect directly with you, your website and social media, things like that?
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm I'm relatively active on my uh, Instagram and uh, so I'm R Manning with uh, a as a V on Instagram. Um, I you know like I have some creative conversations there all the time, although m- mainly personal. But I have creative conversations there as well. Also, my agency's um, Instagram, Pastilla Agency, I believe it is. And um, so on. On those are probably our primary channels. We're not as active on Twitter. But on our Facebook as well, it's uh, Pastilla Agency as well on Facebook. And um, those are probably like the best ways to to connect with me.
0: Well, great. Thanks so much for your time, Rudy. It was great talking with you and getting to know you a little bit better. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the show.
1: No problem. Thank you, John. It was a, it was a blast. Thank you
0: so much for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cause of Craft. You can follow Rudy on Instagram at Rudy Manning, but the A is a V. And you can see his company's work at Pestia.co. See the show notes for links. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing with a friend and leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Those two simple things really help the show grow. And if you have feedback, suggestions, or guest recommendations, send us an email at john at causeofcraft.com. Thanks again for listening, and see you next week.